You're listening to the West Side Podcast, a part of the L.A. International Church of Christ Family of Churches, worshiping God in L.A. since 1989. James be singing, huh? It's great to be here with the West Side and, and Metro. For those who don't know, my name is Casey Esmond. My wife and I serve in the Metro region. It's great to be here. You know, I love coming here. You guys have coffee and donut. I'm like, we're going to be here a little bit longer, you know. But it's, it's just great to be here. And I, from my understanding, your theme is this, your theme this year is to focus on Jesus, right? How's that been going? How's your focus? Okay. That, that's a good thing then. That means you've been focusing on Jesus. Amen. And I also know that you guys have been going through the book of John. How's that been going? Good? What an amazing book. I mean, it's some great stuff in the book of John. I mean, I remember when I started studying the Bible, the brothers would encourage me to go read the book of John. And I believe, let me get to that slide, I believe that John is a great introduction to Jesus. Can we agree to that? And it helps us to grow in our faith, right? So I have a question for you guys. So bear with me as I ask you this, ask you this question, okay? Have you ever heard this term? You better recognize. Have you ever heard that term? Oh, a lot of you guys heard it. When I was growing up, right, playing sports or different things, and, and someone would, you know, who, if he's really good at what he does, and, and I give him a compliment, hey, you're a really good football player, right? It's football, Super Bowl. He'll go, yeah, you better recognize, you know. Or if I try to talk back to my mom, she goes, boy, you better recognize who you talking to. I'm your mother, right? You heard that, that saying. But I don't want it to come off as a negative thing, right? We must recognize who Jesus is. Amen. I'm going to talk about that this morning, okay? But look at my Look at my daughters right there. It's always good to show a picture of your family. And they're like, you better recognize I'm cute, right? I'm a cutie pie, right? They got that you better recognize look on their face. How about this right here? You guys know who this, who these, who these students are? <laughs> you know, that's Sasha who, who goes to the, goes to Metro Sign, who goes to the West Side. Right? And I don't know if they still use that term, the drip, or, you know, the drip, right? But they're like, look at their faces. They're like, you better recognize I got this drip on today, right? Right? What about a football player? Who wins the Super Bowl today, right? Who's going for the 49ers? Wow. Who's going for that other team? (laughs) Okay. Okay. So whoever wins the Super Bowl... They're going to have a chance to say, you know what, you better recognize that we're the best player of the best team for now, right? For now. They worked hard. They won every game, right? And now they're in a Super Bowl. And when they win, they get to say, you know what, you better recognize we won the Super Bowl. Does it come with a ring when they win? There you go. They get a ring, right? I texted a couple of brothers a couple of days ago to ask them, you know, who is the GOAT of football? Guess what everyone said? Tom Brady. Right? Do you guys agree with that? But, no, okay. But he's recognized as the greatest of all time. 
You know, I was like, should I share that? Because some people may not think that, you know. But, hey, all the brothers that I've, and I've texted quite a few, and they all respond with Tom Brady. So I'm like, amen. I know him. I'm not a huge football fan, but I know who he is. Right? He's recognized for his greatness. Right? What about some prominent figures that spoke the truth into this world? Right? Like one of my favorite quotes from Dr. Martin Luther King says that darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Right? Amen? Nelson Mandela. If you want the cooperation of humans around you, you must make them feel, you must make them feel they are important. And you do that by being genuine and humble. Right? Harriet Tubman, one of my, also one of my favorite quotes. Every great dream begins with a dreamer. Always remember you have within you the strength, the patience, and the passion to reach for the stars to change the world. Amen? These are great, awesome quotes. Some of my favorite quotes. These are men and women that are recognized for the truth they have spoke. Amen? Truth about life. And guess what? This world needs truth. Can we agree to that? Right? Truth is a blessing. Because what is the opposite of truth? Lies. And these people are recognized by the truth that they have spoke, the injustice that they have stood up for, the things that they did to change the world for us today. Right? They changed the world. But guess what? Jesus is the truth. Amen? There's a scripture. John 14, 6 said, Jesus answered, I am the way and the what? Truth and the life. We must recognize that. Can you guys guess the title of my lesson this morning? Well, I took the better part out. Okay. I had, I had the better in there and I was like, delete, recognize. Okay. Okay. So let's go ahead and pray and we're going to get into it. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, just thank you so much, God, for for just today, God, for having us all here together. God, I pray as we are hearing your message that we are moved, that we're, we're, we're humble to recognize who you are in our lives. God, I ask that you be with me, allow the Holy Spirit to speak powerfully through me, allow me to remove myself, God, and to be able to share what you have put on my heart. So, God, as we hear your message, that our hearts are open, our minds are open, and that we're ready to receive your son's holy, precious name, I pray. Amen. Amen. So, we're going to pick up reading in John 1.19, and CJ did an amazing lesson last week, right? Right? And his title was, In Him Was Life, or In Him Is Life, sorry. And this morning, I'm going to pick up on verse 19, and the particular scripture that I want to really focus on is in John 1, 29. But before I do that, I want to go ahead and read the scripture. You know, I sent the PowerPoint out this morning and it got messed up a little bit. But amen, you have your Bibles, so if you can't see certain words, you can read along with me. Amen? So in John 1, 19 reads, that's John chapter 1, verse 19 reads, Now this was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem sent priests and Levi to ask him who he was. Verse 20. He did not fail to confess, but confessed freely, I am not the Messiah. They asked him, who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. 
Are you a prophet? He answered, no. Finally, he said, finally, they said, who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? John replied, the words of Isaiah, the prophet. I am the voice of the one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way for the Lord. Verse 24. Now the Pharisees who had been sent questioned him. When do you baptize? Why, why then do you baptize if you're not the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? I baptize with water, John replied, but among you stands the one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the straps of whose sandals I do, I'm not worthy to unite. This all happened at Bethany on the other side of the Jordan where John was baptizing. The next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, A man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Verse 31. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave his testimony. I saw the spirit came down from heaven as a dove and remained on him. And I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me the man on whom you see the spirit come down and remain on is, is the one who will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I have testified that this is God's chosen one. It's a lot happening right here, right? I mean, we just read a great testimony of John the Baptist. But what did we just read? The Jewish leaders in Jerusalem, you know, they sent priests and Levites to ask John who he was. And John, he did not fail to confess, but confess freely that he is not what? The Messiah. Then they go on asking John more questions. Do anyone get irritated when someone just keeps asking you questions and questions? They're like, I don't know if they're getting it. Why do they keep asking me all these questions? They go on asking John more questions. Are you Elijah? Are you the prophet? Who are you? And I love how John replied. He said, in the words of Isaiah, the prophet, I am the voice of the one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way for the Lord. Then they asked him another question, right? Another question. Why then you baptize if you are not the Messiah, nor, the, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? He answered, I baptize with water. But among you stands the one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to unite. Then the next day at Bethany, on the other side of the Jordan, where John was baptizing and testifying about Jesus, guess who shows up? Jesus shows up. And he says, look, right, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. You know, and I love what John says next. He said, this is the one I meant. This is who I'm talking about. A man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. And John's like, you know, this is who we need to be focused on. If you notice in our reading, John the Baptist lowers himself, right? He humbles himself and never claimed that he is the Messiah. He said that this man who comes after me has surpassed me. John's movement was huge. If you know John, his, his movement was huge. I mean, he had a lot of followers, right? People knew him all over the country. 
He was very well known. He was a great preacher. I mean, many people came to hear his message. He baptized so many people. And they thought he was the Messiah. And the crazy thing is, at this point, John was more famous than Jesus. Everyone knew who he was. But he didn't focus the attention on himself. But on who? On Jesus. John the Baptist said, he, Jesus, must become greater and I must become less. This is still true today. If Jesus is to be our king in your life, then you cannot be king. You must become less and he, Jesus, must become more. And if he becomes greater, guess what? You become greater. And that's what John is communicating. When John wrote the book, not John the Baptist, but when John wrote this book, it was because he wanted us all to recognize who Jesus is. Amen? And in John 1.29, as I said, I'm sorry, one John 1.29 says that, oh wait, it's the wrong slide. Well, it's supposed to be John 1, John 20:31, but it's not up there. It's the wrong slide. But it says, but, this, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. You know, and that, that's like the, the theme scripture that, that I just love when I read the book of John. To really understand that it was written that we may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, that Jesus is the Son of God. Right? And John the Baptist, you know, he wanted all attention to be on Jesus, all focus on Jesus. And in my theme scripture, what I was trying to pull up in John 129, is the scripture that I will be focusing on the most this morning. And as we read, he said, the next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And John the Baptist said, you know what? This is who I've been talking about. You know, he said, look. Right? When someone tells you to look, what does that mean? Pay attention. Right? Right? Pay attention. You know, I love in the message, you know, it said that John yelled. Right? I love that. It said that John yelled out. In the ESV it says that, behold. Right? And then of course, my version. <laughs> you better recognize. Right? Right? Right. So when someone says, look, pay attention, you know, they, they're drawing your attention to something. You know, when my daughters, I have two little girls, as, as you saw earlier, when they they always want me to look at something. Daddy, look, daddy, look at this. Only when they're doing good things, when they're doing bad things. So I'm like, it's a, it's a little bit quiet, you know. But when they want my attention, they'll they'll say, Daddy, look, look at this. And if I'm not paying attention, they will come or grab my hand, pull me, or even grab my face and turn it, right, to make sure that all my attention and my focus is on them. And I would like to think that's probably what John the Baptist was doing. He's like, you know what? Turn and look. This is who I'm talking about. This is where your attention needs to be. Not on me, not on what's happening, but on Jesus. But why is that important? Because Jesus is the only one that can get us into heaven. Do you believe that? I mean, John is all over the scripture. In John 14, 6 says, no one comes to the Father except through who? Me. Can our friends get us into heaven? 
right? Only Jesus. But however, our friends can help, right? They can support, right? That's why fellowship is important. Um, going to church, right? Coming to church, coming to the meeting of the bodies, family group, right? D times. You know, do you guys like discipling times? Okay, it's a little bit quiet in here. It's a little bit quiet in here, okay? Right? Right? But only Jesus can get us to heaven, amen? But we must focus on him. All our attention must be on Jesus. In Colossians, in Colossians 3, 2, it says, set our minds and our hearts on things above, not on earthly things. And why is this important to us? Because we can be distracted. Many distractions in this world. Are you distracted right now? Right? What are some things that can distract us? Our devices. Right? Social media. News. Gossip. Right? What are some other things? Eternal things. Fear. Hate. Doubt. Sin. That's why our attention needs to be on Jesus. So when we are dealing with these things, we are turning to him. Right? The, I was reading an article, and it was saying the number one reason for most motor vehicle accidents that occur, occur in California is because they're distracted. Or as they say, distracted driver. And basically drivers, they get tempted by something in their car, if it's a device, or food, or by their passenger, or even something outside of their car, and it takes their focus off the road. And maybe even for a split second, it might be too late. And in that research, they said that the most common killing distractions is using your mobile device, eating, adjusting something in the car, sleepiness, and I wanted to write the guy who wrote them, like, you're missing putting on makeup, right? You miss, you're missing that. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I, I, I bet you guys are focused now, right? <laughs> right? But using your mobile device is top three. It's up there. Right? So how does that compare to us in our walk with God? We can be so distracted that we can put our relationship with Jesus in jeopardy. If we do not focus on Jesus and we get distracted, guess what? We can die spiritually. We can have a spiritual death. You know, there's this Greek word that I learned from Robert Carrillo. Um, you know, this is one of the benefits of having a teacher in your region, right? You learn some really cool stuff, right? You learn some really cool Greek. And the word for, uh, for death is tenados. Tenados. Yeah, there's Robert. He's helping me out. Yeah. It's hard when you don't speak Greek that well. You know, all the teachers are looking at you like this guy over here. You know? But it means death. It means death, right? And, it, you know, and one of the scriptures that stuck out to me was in 2 Corinthians 7.10. This is Paul, and he's basically saying that godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret, Right? But worldly sorrow brings death, right? This is the type of death that I'm talking about, this this spiritual death when we lose focus on Jesus. You know, there's this fact that I looked up, too, that 
our, 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 what we view, we only view 10% of what we see. Did you know that? Yeah, we only, when we're focusing, we only see 10%. And I was looking at this, this clip and they were doing like this, this, this activity where they had two teams, right? One team was wearing all white shirts and the other team was wearing all black shirts. And they had basketballs in their hand. And the goal was that all the white, everyone with the white shirts had to pass the ball to whoever's in the white. Are you following me? Whoever's wearing white, had, they had to pass the ball to that team. And whoever's wearing black had to pass the ball to that team. And the people who were watching, the goal was to count how many times the ball was passed to the person in the white team. To, you know, to the players in the white team. So you have these two group of people, they're just passing the ball, passing the ball to each other, and the, and the, the you know, the, the audience that's watching has to pay close attention, right, to count how many times the ball has been passed on the white team. And in the midst of that, this guy with a gorilla costume, right, just kind of walks past casually, and stops, and just does like this pose, it's on YouTube, look it up, and then he, he comes back, so then the professor, he's asking them, like, did you see that gorilla? And guess what? They were so focused on the task that some of them missed it. Some saw the gorilla because, you know, they started chuckling. They're like, okay, yeah, he saw the gorilla. But some, they were so focused on that task that they didn't even see the gorilla. Right? It's hard to focus on two things, right? And that's why it's very important that we focus on Jesus, right? So what must we do? Where should our focus be? You know, I love these two scriptures. It says, therefore, Hebrews 3.1, Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, whom we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. Hebrews 12.2, fixing your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning his shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. What must we do? We must recognize who Jesus is. And I believe, you know, that's what John the Baptist is saying. He's like, look, this is Jesus, the Lamb of God, the one who takes away the sins from the world. Only Jesus can take away our sins. Right? Our anger, our lust, our greed, our hate. Right? Would you like some sins to be taken away? Amen. Well, guess what? Only Jesus can do it, and we must recognize that. But what can still our focus? What are some things can still our focus? Can be sin, can be guilt, shame. Hatred, but when we're focusing on Jesus, there's righteousness, there's freedom, there's confidence, there's love, right? So the question that I have for you, are you focusing, are you focused or are you distracted? Do you recognize Jesus in your daily life? Why? Because we must know Jesus. And how do we do that? By building a deep relationship with him. You know, when I first met my wife, I didn't say, hi, my name is Casey. She goes, hi, my name is Michelle. I like you. Let's get married. (laughs) Right? It doesn't work that way. Right? We have to get to know each other. 
We have to spend time with each other. Conversations. And then we fell in love. Started Well, we started dating, fell in love, got married, that order, right? But the goal is that we must have a deep, intimate relationship with God. We must know God. You know, this Hebrew word called yada, meaning to be to known or to be known, to have this 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 intimate relationship with God, where it's just not knowledge, it's transformation, it's connection, it helps our faith grow. I mean, there's ways that 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 we can focus on Jesus by what reading our Bibles. Amen. Do we still do that? Just checking, just checking, praying daily, right? Doing what the word says, putting God's word into practice, because you can't put something into practice that you do not know or learn. Right. What about some challenging practices? What about confession? Is that up there? Okay, that's not up there. Anyways, what about confession? What about honesty? What about forgiveness? Grace, right? I don't know about you. When I put these things into practice and when I grow in these areas, I feel closer to God. Is that, is that me or, right? I don't know. That might just be me, right? Do you feel closer to God when you're growing in these things? Amen? You know, I love this picture here. Um, you know, if you look at it, one on his side, you know, it's like the branch is dying. But on the other side is life. And I believe, like, you know, when we when we are focusing on Jesus and recognizing who Jesus is, there's life in him. And we know that we are his sons and daughters. You know, here's another picture that I came across. I thought that was pretty cool. You know, if you look, there's a bunch of stuff that's going on in there. But if you look at the one, how am I looking is on my right side. It says that I am a child of the one true king. Amen. So my point is that we all need to have an intimate relationship with God. Right. So when we face hardship. Look, Jesus is with us. When you want to give up. Look, Jesus is with us. Amen. Amen? Amen? When you are so deep into sin and feel like there's no way out, guess what? Jesus is with us. In this scripture here in Isaiah 4.10, it says, Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uplift you. With my righteous hand. And John, he's like, look. The Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. We need to look. To behold. And to recognize who Jesus is. You know, you, you know, we know what the Passover is, right? It's basically when a lamb is sacrificed, right? And where they put the blood of the lamb over the doorway and the angel of death comes through when he's, you know, when he sees the blood of the lamb and he passes over that house. So the Passover is when they were spared from death. 
And, you know, the Passover lamb had to be slaughtered and basically to pay for the sins of the people. Right? And the lamb had to be a perfect lamb without blemish. And this was a lamb to be sacrificed for the people. And John the Baptist, he sees Jesus come and he goes, look, there is God's Passover. There is God's lamb. The one whose blood will be sacrificed for the people. And the lamb of God tells us that Jesus was born to die. God's beloved son came to give his life the spotless sacrifice. For who? For us. For all of us. Just sit back and think about that. That Jesus gave his life for you. And we need to recognize that. To be transformed. To be renewed. To be inspired. Why? Because Jesus loves you. He loves you. He wants to have this long-term relationship with you. We know his love is everlasting, right? We know his love never fails. You know, when I look at my daughters as a father, you know, there's nothing I wouldn't do for them. The love I have for them has no limits. And I feel like that's how God view us as his sons and daughters, that he loves us so much. So before I pray for communion, I want us to take two minutes to have a discussion. Now, please stay in your seats, right? No wonder off. Two minutes, and I have this discussion question here. And basically is, what does Jesus being the Lamb of God mean to you? So you can talk to your neighbor behind you or your neighbor next to you. And then when you're done, I'll come back out and pray for our communion. Let's bow our heads and pray for communion. Let's quiet our minds, quiet our thoughts. Dear God, just as we come before you, Father, as we partake in in the supper, God, in the breaking of the bread, God, into the drinking from the fruit of the vine, that that we are just humble, Father, to to just know everything that you have done for us and to recognize that. And God, I ask as our, our, um, our thoughts, if it's all over the place, God, that we can just zoom in and focus on you. The sacrifice that you've made for us, dying on the cross. And as we are partaking in this, in this communion, God, I ask that, that, that we're, we're, we're just, we feel love, God, by you. Knowing that you love us so much. So God, be with us as we remember you, as we focus our thoughts on you, and remember that you love us. In your son's holy, precious name I pray. Amen. You've just listened to the West Side Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit thewestsidechurch.com or laicc.net.